Hey, this is Stevie. It's Hethel. And this is Apologies Now. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, man. We have Amanda Frame with us today. We sure do. We've been trying to work on this for a while. Hello, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Amanda. So, I'm going to give a short intro, and Amanda, you correct me as necessary. Sure. And Stevie will correct me. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm waiting. Let me take notes. <laughs> so... Amanda and I work together, and uh, Amanda is a part of a big vascular group that does all kinds of vascular things. She's awesome to work with, but I found out two years ago that you are also a professional yogi. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so uh, I'd love to have you describe what that means and what it takes to be that way, and then really we were going to talk through... Uh, some of the pros, and I would say there are some cons to yoga also that I feel after I do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Um, sure. So I uh, started yoga as a teenager, and I was born was and that raised. Three years ago? No, I mean I'll I'll give it away. I'm I'm 45. Wow, so. you look great. <laughs> it's the yoga. Your skin. Wow. It's the yoga. But she's it's, glowing, y'all. <laughs> This is something that I've done, um, that my mother has done, and we and our family are critical hippies. That's okay. what I like to call ourselves. And I got into the yoga industry because I kind of thought it was, I don't know, can I cuss? I don't, I don't. You Hell cuss. yes. I yeah. thought it was bullshit. You don't even have to whisper that. We got and Stevie here. I know, but I mean, I just thought, <laughs> I was like, fuck? what the hell are these people doing? They're eating pine cones and... These are the hippies like, or what the, are the hippies, the yogis. Hey, can I buy a joint from you? <laughs> no, seriously, though, pine cones? Seriously, I mean, people will say anything in the yoga and wellness industry. And because I'm a nurse practitioner and I reality. am evidence-based and I see reality <laughs> yeah. on a daily basis, I was like, there no has pain, got no to be a, no, there's gotta no be a balance yeah. of this garbage in, garbage out right. method. Right. Like, why do you not want to take advice from somebody with a degree in evidence and then you will go pay to be in a multi-level marketing scheme and buy all the things right so i ended up 20 plus years short story i'm a yoga therapist with a thousand hours and i have over 20 years experience teaching all over the world i've been to india to wow. asia we taught in egypt even israel and I've worked for four different schools and recently have my own school. Uh-huh. So that's my, that? that's my background. Where's your school? It's here. It's I work uh, with Oxygen Fitness mm-hmm. here okay. in town. And we do meditation classes uh-huh. and wellness classes that are evidence-based and solid. That's and awesome. Shout out to Rich and Amy. I yeah, know. I was waiting on that. Rich yeah. and Amy, Rich they're and awesome. Amy, yeah, which is great. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I want to ask about the pine cone part first, or do I ask about you the, can, all you of can the travel? Ask. So, is wh- it pine cone tea? What is it? So it's pine. <laughs> it's it's pine and juniper tea. Okay, I was I was really <laughs> right. Something. So they'll make anything into teas, and I pine but, sap is actually pretty toxic. Yeah, that okay. sounds like a bad idea. It's a bad idea. So, but but okay, we all know yoga is a, a very big industry in general from products to even yoga studios and all that but i didn't realize that there was multi-level 
uh, what are they like? What do you sell? Like yoga mats? So you what? can do anything. I have learned. There's essential oils. There's oh, uh, the wellness stuff. industry. Like you can uh, work with big um, pharmaceutical companies that sell supplements, and they'll market supplements with your studio's mm. name on them, and then they will give you tons of pseudoscience backing material. It's a big problem and people are looking for quick solutions they do. everybody wants a solution they do. so there's probably stevie i think we've got an out this is what we're going to be doing finally um listen so, if, I, if i'm not with bikram i'm not with anybody okay. so, so, uh, i've I, taken his class or, or really, <laughs> yes. or how far did it go <laughs> i mean i took a few <laughs> just tell me about tell us about that now i'm interested so the, I've I've done Bikram, I've done Sean Corn, like and and oh. most of these people are real people. Well, real quick, explain the Bikram yoga. Bikram yoga is yeah. hundred and twelve to one hundred and fifteen degrees. Hot yoga. Hot yoga. Uh-huh. You do the same uh, twenty three to twenty five postures, so uh-huh. it's repetitive on your joints. You do the same thing, but he. Um, He's not around anymore. He teaches he's out in Mexico hiding, now. He? He's, he's hiding. hiding in Mexico. Yeah. He still does classes. He okay. still does things. You can his, still find him. His sperm's worth a million dollars. For people that don't know, describe why he's in Mexico He's now. in Mexico <laughs> because his sperm is worth a million dollars. He liked to adjust people in some wildly inappropriate fashions. Yes. But yeah. it's funny, his classes. So when I went, you know, I'm dying of a heat stroke as I walk in the room before I practice. Was this in L.A.? It was in L.A. Okay. And he has an air conditioner on his little seat like above him there's oh. an air conditioner and i was like you ass. you asshole yeah <laughs> that's um, awesome but he's i gotta very, start that very charismatic guy he's i mean they're all charismatic and okay. that's i mean that's what you get with a guru mentality you get a really charismatic person okay and they teach their followers to be charismatic and um. that's that's why the yoga industry that's what they did right yeah but is he charismatic or is he a sociopath um, you know, he was, Could be I, yeah. I didn't, and I will full say like, right. I didn't have any didn't. ill experience right. with him, but I also, there, you, Heddle knows me, like, I just don't have the face that says you could do something. Gotcha. <laughs> Get away well, and, and, you know, um, not, I'm not worried about you. I'm worried about what he would do with me. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it, it's a matter of the right person. You know, I'm sure yeah. people like that you, target certain people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they, you have to be gullible, I assume. I mean, I don't you, know. You know what I mean? Not that I've ever thought about anything like that. But, you have to be searching. Um, You're searching. I think so. You're searching. Hey, as an aside, did you guys uh, watch? There's this uh, documentary on Netflix about that uh, fundamentalist Mormon church. Did you guys see this? I it's really it. sad, but it's it's, it's sad, kinda, but it's similar. It's, it's very scary, and, and it just to the point about uh, how... People can be manipulated and just mm-hmm. all kinds of things. People. Speaking of manipulation, going back mm-hmm. to yoga. Um, so you uh, go all over the world. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's all over the world. What kind do you prefer, specialize in, and avoid? Or are there any that you avoid? Because so, there's a bunch of different kinds, right? Yeah. I, um, I have over... 20 plus years kind of developed my own practice. I was a practicing Buddhist for 10 years and then I converted to Christianity and everybody kind of goes home. Mm. But it was simply because on my mat, I was introduced to spirituality and that is what grew me. So now you're eating meat. 
Um, occasionally. Well, Buddhists eat meat. Buddhists eat meat. Yeah. They do? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just showed you what I know. I didn't, I, yoga people eat meat? So yoga eat people, some yoga eat, eat people. meat. Yeah, yoga some eat. They, some eat. I mean, it depends on your... And that's that's the, the vastness. Like, I tend to stray from guru-based entities. So oh. people that, you know, only do what their guru says or oh. put a lot of faith into a human being that is in my experience not always been forthcoming and with honest intentions as far as the guru with the guru okay um but i have not like i have a, I have a, a theory like i've not been to a bad yoga class because that is in my own power to control Let, so my experience with yoga has been very limited in that i've only been to i've, I've been to two classes one was about two or three years ago, and it was following um, a, a cardio session that I was doing with Trevor Gillies, who's an NHL player, and he's also a guy that we trained together for a while, and I think we had a fight or something we were training for. But anyway, we had really put in a lot of work for the last hour or so, and we saw upstairs at EFC that they were put, getting ready to do a hot yoga. It was on a Sunday afternoon, and I said, hey, let's try it. I've never done it. So he said, okay. So we, went, we were worn out already, but we went up. We started the class. It was a 90-minute class. I lasted exactly 45 minutes before I gave up. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I, and I'm a you know, professional athlete, you know, and I, could, mm-hmm. I thought I could handle it. Well, I couldn't handle I could not handle it, so I, I left out of there with my tail between my legs. Right? Okay. Years later, you, let's see, I'd been sober for about nine months. Mm-hmm. You asked me, you and Morgan asked me to go, to join you guys for a hot yoga, same place, EFC, and went in, took, it was packed in there, went in and took the class, and I went, I did the class, and I, I have to tell you, it was an emotional experience. Yeah. That's, and I don't know how to explain it, because no one's talking to me, it's just me, I got within myself, and I was able to, through that that exercise through that breathing through those those motions i it was really emotional i got to a place that i didn't know i could go and i told you immediately after that that was almost like i'm don't know it's so packed in there i don't want to go back but i do want to okay i'm gonna end up following you around i think but um because (laughs) of that but i don't but like there is just too packed well it was that day and it's usually less packed but you did walk out of there uh uncharacteristically quiet yeah, it really got my attention. It really did, you know. Yeah. It really did. You know, yeah. my background is in is in is in violent sports and MMA and kickboxing and boxing uh-huh. and that type of thing. I do, that's a different. Thing. It's a peaceful work. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. So the fun part about that, my uh, background in yoga therapy is with neurology and cardiac science behind it because uh-huh. I actually wrote manuals and training programs on tempering your vagal response uh-huh. through movement and breathing uh-huh. and that's well, I never vagal out I never passed out well so, so I <laughs> a vagal response in medicine and in the rest of the world we just think of passing out right. or syncope. but what we're actually doing is creating a safe space between fight and flight we store oh. memories in our amygdala and our bones we actually in any of our nerve cells we're going to store imprints of memories and it's not really a memory like oh i remember 
my dog died when I was 13 and I cried. It's just an imprint of the emotional response of that time. So it's a response of the cell at that level. When we're moving our bodies and we're breathing deeply, we're also, you have typically an instructor that's coaching you Mm. on keeping your eyes off other people's mat and you have people... Uh, telling you keeping your eyes off other people's other mat. people's mat yes but it, I it's a personal i know <laughs> but that's it's, weird it's, okay but you just you start to listen and just like you have group think you can have group breathing right. and that deep group breathing the ujjayi breath is the typical breath that is used it's when you inhale with a closed uh, nose and you exhale through your nose mm-hmm. but you open your glottis and you make a in the back of your throat that opening actually stimulates your nervous system to just calm the fuck down. Mm -hmm. And when you do that over and over, the same as another uh, pranayama breathing technique is horse's breath where you on the exhale, you do that for a minute and you're gonna drool. That is your nervous system responding. That's like, hey, we can chill out now. Mm. We don't have to, that's why kids like, do that to self-soothe like babies you see them until they're just drooling down their face it's a self-soothing technique we just don't do that as an adult because you know why would we do that walking to the grocery store <laughs> you don't <laughs> but, I mean, some, you might i don't know Let's what, hang out. what you get when you do those classes you're moving your body in ways that we don't move as adults you're stretching you're stacking your joints appropriately and because I've taught so many teachers in town, I know all the teachers at EFC, uh-huh. and I've trained them. Uh-huh. So I know how they teach. And that is one of the things that is so that I spend a lot of time on is get people into their breath, uh-huh. make them feel successful, and then we'll work on postures and performance later. That just kind of comes with time. Because when you find the feel good, that's the change that's where you kind of get into yourself. And a lot of people are like, what happened to me? Like, I feel like, or I cried or I laughed. I had to stop. I had to watch myself. It's really weird. I'm a grown man who cry. And I really had to catch myself. And it was like, what is going on? That's with any, that's with no one talking to me. You know what I mean? There was no one having a conversation with me. No, I I wasn't watching a sad movie. Right. It was looking at, I was like going through the motions and I was just being affected. And that, and, and that's yoga and that's the yoga that I prefer. Like, I don't want a guru because you're that, that's where the ethics of yoga comes in. I don't want a guru or somebody digging into this personal experience where I could easily be emotionally manipulated because I'm vulnerable and raw. Right. And I don't even know why I'm raw most of the time. So you know, It's so funny. You're talking about it. You're talking about it directly. Yeah, you you don't even know why you're raw. You're just like, wow, this is weird. Give me a minute. And I train people to let them have space because I can tell you what to do all day long, but that's not teaching you. Right. You learning how to manage that change of emotions and change in your body is going to help you manage the higher level decision making in your brain and help it off the mat. Amanda, to that point, I believe that yoga used to be a solitary activity. It was something that people did on their own. Yes. Right? And it's turned into a group activity just because we 
don't necessarily know how to do it, so you have to have an instructor. Yeah. Your point is that instructor should really maximize each person's ability to stay by themselves in their own head so they can spend them spend time by themselves in that group. Yes. It's hard to do. And not to manipulate them. And to Correct. not manipulate them. Yeah. So it's, and it's, I like that you say that because I've spent a lot of the last three years reading and uh, digging into the, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, which is one of That's easy the, for you to say. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's one of the um, sacred texts of yoga. Uh-huh. But it was, yoga was not meant to be done in public, and it was actually frowned upon to do in public or a group. Why? It's a private spiritual practice. It is, and it's not spiritual as in, it's disingenuine to say that it does not have roots in Hinduism, and I'm not going to appropriate anyone's culture that way. Right. But we in the West have created. Easy for you to say. No. Some of them do. I mean, yeah, some of them get really, really. I mean, I'm the. I am the quintessential white girl teaching yoga. Yeah, but you're making I, people's lives. You know. No, I didn't, I didn't even think so. <laughs> it shows you how little I know because so, I didn't think of that. You know, you, you have to be a little cautious. I thought you were a yogi. I, uh, funny, I got okay. the top knot. Um, I, I, uh, he does have a great top knot. I am surprised that you've run into that, really. Because, I mean, yeah. I, and, and I'm not a practicing Hindu, but, I mean, typically it's a very introspective solitary practice in itself you know yeah. that's interesting yeah so i don't it's, know what anyway i, I think it, it is yeah. people people need to be relevant and i say that <laughs> right. with trepidation mm, because right. i could easily get run over the wrong way with that statement pulled out of anything mm-hmm. but i i really when i dug into the pradipika it like we, there's so many things that we say is old and we need to keep doing because it's old. Like a traditional yoga session, you're done alone on a dry uh, floor made of dung so that the flies wouldn't land on you when you meditated. And traditional postures, there was about 13 to 15. And those 13 to 15 postures were to help you sit still. The other postures came when monks noticed Vikings getting ready for battle, and that's where the gymnastic portion of yoga came from. Wow. postures (laughs) that we know today, like all the postures that we know today, really blossomed in the 60s and the 20s when um, Yogi Bhajan brought everything over to the West. I've got a quick question. So uh, the monks... Saw the Vikings getting that's ready the for last, battle. That's the last thing yeah, they saw. Well, I, I, no, no, no. So remember, uh, Josh was saying something about, he was just like, we were talking about this one day before class, and he was just like, you know, they found Viking relics in the Far East, or vice versa, in Viking artifacts, they found Far East relics, like Buddha statues and that sort of thing so yeah. they were obviously going to the east well normally well. monks the last thing they saw was a viking right <laughs> <laughs> so for sure so, but so yeah. what part of the world or is that from so this like, is um the stories originated beach like, island i hit beach island south carolina yeah. everything happens there <laughs> um or hilton head no i'm just kidding so um it's, buford to you so <laughs> silk road is where most yes. of that comes Okay. Most of the lore comes from, and uh, this is 
you know, there is so much integration Mm -hmm. and any group that traveled. So um, Vikings, a lot of Alexander the Great, his army spread a ton of not just, um, you know, religious exhibitions, but also paganism. Like Mm -hmm. there were tons of um, pagan and uh, Hindu, Buddhist, Zen Buddhist. There's, you know, Joytish. There's so much that kind of became the, on the Silk Road was the original melting pot of just spirituality. Huh. Is it, so is it fairly well accepted that it was in the Indian subcontinent where the yoga did start? Yeah. That's this is, not and that, and that's, that's not contested. Okay. That's, you know, you had, it is, that's why I said it's disingenuous to say otherwise. Okay. And you... Can you use yoga as another spiritual form, as a supplement? Sure. Because I think once you really start practicing and you kind of get your yoga high, like right. you got, yeah. um, you, you don't give that up. Right. But your beliefs and where you are in your life may rotate and change. Is your point that it doesn't have to be linked to religion? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I think think it makes you more centered. Would you you agree it's more of a centered thing, right? So I think, and this is is where you get, you know, Amanda's opinion. And um, that's why why you're here. And you also get the opinion that... We would have talked to Bikram if we wanted to. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You also, this is also feedback I've gotten from my classes. Yoga is spiritual if you let it happen to you. And there is a, a spirituality that comes into your body with your breathing. Mm-hmm. And that is what scares people and enlivens them all at once. It's so funny. It's that's, not that's exactly right. religion. That's exactly what I got out of it. And, and I wasn't looking for that. I had no idea it was coming. And wow, it, it was a spiritual thing uh, that got my attention. Uh, and I wasn't expecting it. And it is scary because I don't know how I feel about going back. Right. And and so people need, like our bodies need to believe there's something outside of ourselves. Otherwise, we're a lot of sociopathic narcissists. Right. But some people need to believe that they are the best thing. And you could kind of go either way with it. It's not my job to tell you your religion. Sure. It's my job to let you understand that there is something outside of you like your your soul your nervous system does function outside of your skin and that's science Mm -hmm. like consciousness is science and that's something that i could dig in like forever right i'd like to do that um that's why i was writing for you all came here (laughs) wow well well, let's let's actually talk about that I, i i was just gonna say to round out the conversation about experience during yoga i've not had anything like that now, I don't know if that's because I'm not looking for it um, or I'm not doing it correctly. I will say that I walk into those classes with one purpose, which is to... Get through it? No, man. I, I tr- I'm trying to strengthen my joints, and I really am just focused on kind of the isometric, eccentric oh. kind of stuff. In Again, back to jujitsu. I'm just trying to bulletproof my body because I am like one turn away like from... Doctor hurting myself and i'm 48 year old dude trying to do jujitsu is the problem (laughs) okay so uh but i do seem to be getting that 
from yoga. Like I'm, yeah. I'm noticing that my postures are getting better. Um, I don't hate it as much as I used to. I used to walk in there just like, oh my God, I'm about to get my ass kicked, you know, much like jujitsu. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, just that. Tell us about the extracorporeal effects of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the really cool thing about yoga is people, I started yoga because my mom made me and then I kept going because I wanted Jennifer Aniston's ass and uh-huh. I wanted to stand on my head. Wow, who doesn't? I mean, those were my goals in life. Just saying. So, well, I'm on my head. I, I moved you. Everybody's yoga practice is going to kind of move. Like you're going to be in the isometric, eccentric. You want to get the parasitic movement out of your muscles. Mm-hmm. You have this very strong physical practice. Mm-hmm. What will happen at some point is you're going to have that spiritual bump. And it's like a speed bump, depending on what's happening in your life or what your history has been. Sometimes you hit a really high speed bump. Other times it's just a little hiccup and you're like, oh, that's great. Other people learn to meditate or sit still, or maybe they have Shavasana, which is at the end where you get a little yogi nap at the end of your class. And you're like, oh my God, I just saw colors surrounding my body. Mm -hmm. Did this woman spray something on me or did this man spray something on me? But that is, that is your nervous system. Like I can sit here at this table, breathe with you guys, put my palms out and send you that effect of happiness or sadness or anger. Mm. That is a human that we get. It's, It's the same thing we tell our kids when we go, if it, feels wrong don't do, do it. it that happens in our gut uh-huh. has to do with uh, serotonin levels it also has to do with uh, the levels of sleep we have because mm-hmm. it can become dysregulated when we don't get enough sleep so we can make poor decisions that's why sleep is so important right. sure but that that's the extra corporal like what happens outside of our body what energy and that sounds very quintessential yoga to say but you know when you talk about your subconscious body Mm -hmm. moving forward like even in medicine when i as i've spent 10 years as a nurse practitioner and 15 years as a nurse like there are certain cancers i can smell Mm. and and i just know it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to really tell me right does um is there active research going on around this subject? And yes. if so, like, is it in the United States? Is it more in like India or wherever? Or like, where, where is it happening? So it started, um, it started in uh, India, but we have, so a couple of, it's probably been since the 90s, we started the International Association of Yoga Therapists. Okay. Uh, the University of Maryland and Loyola Marymount UCLA, you can actually get master's degrees. So you can go, there's tons of research with Parkinson's, with dementia, music therapy. Um, there's tons right now with anti-aging. It is the same science that Deepak uh, Chopra started yeah. back in, 
you know, the 80s when uh, everybody kind of poo-pooed his ideas and was mm-hmm. like, no, he's not crazy. Anymore. And now, yeah, not anymore. you know, not anymore. <laughs> what, what's he? I don't know. I know his name, but I don't know what he So does. he's an uh, endocrinologist. Is he really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's he has a fun story. He's an endocrinologist from India. His dad okay. was a cardiologist. Okay. His dad was the cardiologist uh, that took care of the Mahesh. Mm-hmm. The Mahesh, the same one that had the beetles. So mm-hmm. there's right. like so much... You know, and, and the Mahesh was told he needed a pacemaker, and he said no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're going to die. Well, he didn't die. He died years later without his pacemaker. Yeah. But that was one of the he things that he, out. He, yeah, he did. <laughs> but not he, he did it on his own terms. Right. And that was the thing that Deepak, that happened when he was in med school, and he was like, something's up, something's was, up yeah. here. And yeah. I think if you talk to any physician and you really, like, get them and and they are comfortable and they're not they understand that you're not trying to like trap them into something i think every physician out there has similar stories that could really contribute to the research Uh if we could just kind of get together on the same page right how do you corral it you know um together um i didn't i need to look into deep picture i had no idea sissy's big on really yeah sissy's big on him Hmm. yeah my wife there's Probably, um, I'm gonna the pragmatic side of it. So I, I suppose there's probably something to going to a yoga session and coming out some combination of exhausted and relaxed that contributes. Because I mean, you have to have serotonin yes. release, dopamine release with that sort of activity. That has to, and this is where it'd be great to have. Uh, concise amount of research and everybody's mm-hmm. experience but you would think that that would then make you have a better outlook on life you think that that would make you make better decisions and on a consistent basis how does that not turn your life around if it is going in the wrong direction so it it actually does dean yeah. ornish did it uh with heart failure and cardiac research there um and i'm i'm pulling data from my head i can obviously no, 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 sure. give you like the studies and and research behind it but overall like mindful like i went to um dc in the early 2000s and sat with um different researchers where you had an eeg helmet basically and your partner your meditation partner was hooked up with um, an ECG, so like an EKG Mm -hmm. for people. And when you meditated, you had similar uh, brain symmetry and cardiac symmetry just from meditating facing one another. So that, and and over the years of practice, you can have... How romantic. Better, I know, right? (laughs) That's why I say, if you're taking your heart, take your brain with you. Right. But if you... Over years, you make better decisions off the mat. That's why I said with yoga, if you just go because you want to feel better, Uh that's fine. But you are going to start making better, healthy decisions like, oh, I'm going to go to bed early or I'm going to do different things that make make things better for me. And you start making those decisions out of self-preservation rather than somebody telling you what to do so which they i don't stick. which i don't re- i don't respond to very so well they anyway. stick most, because yeah. nobody responds yeah. to being told what to do but the the documented benefits um lower cholesterol uh less hypertension less surgery 
uh, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, those areas of mental health. Sure. They actually, you can get the same for um, seasonal depression, seasonal depressive disorder. You get the same benefits from yoga that you get from Prozac, which is amazing. Was I hearing just recently there was something about we're finally starting to in the Western medicine realize that exercise may be better than antidepressants? I think I just yeah, I think I just read something like that. But we but we've been in in integrative medicine and yoga. We've been doing that since the nineties. Right. But and we've also the the recent orthopedic conference in Atlanta had they've changed the amount of exercise okay. and they actually did a huge study uh, with the government where you had morbidly and I, I know this is not the appropriate term we're supposed to use unhealthy weight but persons that are greater than 400 pounds they had oh. them start walking a minute a day it takes them two or three years but they have increased to 60 minutes a day which is the new recommendation six days a week and now they have a reduction in overall diabetes, hypertension, mm. arthritic pain, chronic pain. Documented. Like this documented is reductions. This is not necessarily hot yoga. It's not yoga. It's just they did oh, walking. Physical activity. They just did I'll physical just, activity. They it. just did walking. Mm. Because oh, you can't like. So for the people listening, um, just doing something is better than, than nothing. nothing. So I always worry about, you know, we're at the gym and you've got this uh, young trainer that's got this person that's coming into the gym for the first time. They got him like deadlifting or something. Like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> just get, well, get him I, on the I don't think you should deadlift anyway. I like it, but low, low weight, I think. <laughs> I agree. You know, uh, oh. anyway. <laughs> I can, I, you look like you're getting pretty happy there. Bro. I, I think I'm going to stick with yoga. <laughs> I, I think that it's, taking you know taking people and putting them in an activity that they can maintain so yoga i i love yoga but i my ironically my husband will tell you he's like fucking hate yoga really <laughs> and he's good at it it's so annoying because he's so good at it my wife but, my wife likes it too but she likes to do it on her own yeah and, and that's what he does he does it by himself he's like i don't want to go to a class i don't want to be anybody telling me what to do well and these crowded classes, I mean, you sometimes accidentally, like, kick or hit somebody with your hand. I mean, you know, yeah. I've been next we to, like, that. a really stinky dude before. Yeah. I know. I mean, which we call murder yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so I will say my classes are crowded, but I do my best I with the studio. When do you that teach? I teach on Wednesdays at 630. Mm-hmm. And Thursday we have a specific class just for alignment and isometric work. So you would love that at 6.30 because I know everybody needs to be home to do like bedtime and stuff Surely. before 8 o'clock. Yeah. And then Sundays at 4 and 5.20. So that's at Oxygen there in Surrey? All Center. at Oxygen in Surrey. Okay. But I, that crowdedness can be alleviated with a little work from the teacher okay. to position your mats. And okay. then you can get full range of motion. But I also, like I, I've taught all over the world where we've had... 50 or 60 people in a room and I really didn't have a choice otherwise. Sure. Yeah. Well, they, they seem like they're almost don't want you. It's so crowded at EFC. It's like, it's just too much. I think they've added another class, but yeah, I think yeah. we need to be frank. I mean, it would be great if there were more legit yoga places. I just kind of wanted town. to go with you because something for you and me to do. Yeah, no, for sure. You're looking at each other talking. Yeah. Well, you guys have to come to my class. <laughs> where, oh, I that's mean, done. We're, we're going to do that. That's, you can count on it. 
Um, where did the practice of saying namaste at the end of a session come from? I ask because I know namaste in the West means peace be with you at times. It really, in practical matters, day to day, just means hello. And so I don't so do namaste. Some people are shy to do to me. Yeah, no. Do you do that, a, does he do that to you? No, but no. So <laughs> I think it's hilarious because I spent three weeks in India traveling and just hanging out and namaste is high it's yeah, like in germany high. you go choose which is hello hi bye it's like you're just whatever at the end and that's a complete american thing that is straight up appropriation okay, okay. Well, in a in a It's not even accurate. It's not accurate, and people are not trying to be disingenuine. It's just what people have been taught to say. And then it's funny when you don't say it, like your class says it back to you. And I was like, oh, God. So it is peace be with you? No, it means hello. It It just means hello. It just means, like, why am I saying hello when I'm saying goodbye? Like, it doesn't make sense. What the fuck? Right. Hi. And I, I kind of want to so, go tell the, uh, say that, to, but I also don't want to come across like a jerk, you know? Yeah. I mean? So I, so, you know, oh, I it. just, <laughs> I saw. Brown dude, top notch, and I tell me how to speak, you know? What are you, a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> I tell people, like, the appropriate greeting is supposed to be Satnam. And the, the peace be with you, the light in me, that, the light in me loves the light in you comes from a lotus quote. Sure. Well, I thought it was Satate, so, like booty tang. You don't know Pootie Tang? No. No one no. knows Pootie Tang? Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Y'all need to find, watch Pootie Tang. Oh, I've seen okay. the movie a long time ago. It was Sada, and he would get you with his belt. Yeah, I remember that. Oh. This is completely unrelated. And he'd be like... Well, it's Sada Tang. <laughs> and that was his... Oh, and it was to the tippy towel. Feel was, free to laugh when I say Sada that Sada when Tain. you come to class. I'll I think like, it went Sada like Sada Tang to the tippy towel. And, you know, I catch you on the runny side. So, no one knows... No, okay. Sorry. I, I saw it a long time ago. I don't remember any of You're that. welcome. Yeah. I don't remember any quotes from Foodie Thing. Oh, well, I, that's how I fall asleep to sleep thinking about that. That's how I live my life. <laughs> You're glad to be glad on my belt. <laughs> um, that's anyway, funny. Well, I, so what else? So I can sit there and go on about this. But, you know, it'd be fun to actually go through some data and actually uh, yeah. sift through it. I would enjoy that. I can, you know? and and I can uh, pull that up in easy. I just, you know, this was kind of a lighthearted session. Yes. But I can certainly, certainly pull that up. But this, the biggest thing with, with yoga that I just, it's so vast and people appropriate, just like you said, with, with saying hello at the end of class. Like, right. they just assume wrongfully like well my teacher did this so i'm gonna do this and i'm like it's it's like going to church it's like well we've always done this i'm like well i think you should reconsider why you're doing what you're doing and that's and that's always a healthy anytime you're doing yoga and you're having these emotional experiences or you're having this desire to really manipulate your body mm-hmm. you should step back and go what's my purpose like am i trying to live in the future relive the past like what am i trying to gain by this activity is this activity going to give me some joy and comfort because that's that's the reason I teach. 
is joy and comfort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want people to have a safe space to just exhale and be like, this is kind of nice. Like, this is a break. Right. You're saying you want them to be able to be themselves. I just want to be in the present. And I think that's what I got. Yeah. Just being there, then doing my thing. One thing, not thinking about anything else. And hopefully doing it as correctly as possible. Mindfulness is so hard. And we're actually, I want people, and yogis in particular, are they become yoga like just yoga is all they do so i'm actually on april 22nd doing a mindful movement workshop and i took the yoga out of it on purpose oh nice so we're doing a meditation workshop with uh, dr denise evans who's a neurophysicist psychiatrist neurologist from the va like she's just crazy smart uh-huh. Well, wow. and so what else? What else does she do? So she's retired now, and she is a yoga teacher. But she also she was like, I when someone uses the word mindfulness around me, I want to vomit, and I'm like, huh? Mm. And she was like, it's, not very it's just I know. She said it's. <laughs> she's like, I don't. She was like, people need to stray from manipulation, and she's like, it's so easy in those areas to manipulate. So we came up with a workshop where you do. Um, a moving meditation, which is what I'm teaching, a moving meditation on a Pilates reformer. And then she does a seated meditation. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about like, what can you do day to day in your life? Like a yoga practice is great. If you're going to class, it's a great community. You get good experiences. And the experiences I get in a yoga class are far different than my own personal mat practice. Mm -hmm. But I think that you need both or you need another practice that could even be like walking, like something that's going to give you some solitary time to just review where your body and your mind is in space. It's like yoga is a good way to learn how to be mindful in everyday life, essentially. Would you really quickly speak on, you know, I saw a guy the other day that was in class that very obviously got frustrated that he couldn't do it, you know, and with which class uh, it was the hot, one of the hot yoga uh-huh. classes. And, um, and he unfortunately decided to like pick up his mat and just left. And, you know, I mean, I think you would agree that it's okay if you don't look pretty doing it. And, and really if people are looking at you in class, they're not doing it. Cause I can't imagine trying to like focus on anything else except not like falling over, you know what I mean? Or yeah. whatever it is. And so, you know, for people that are maybe considering doing it and they're intimidated because it is intimidating. It is. Um, I think it's just like anything else. And I'll let you speak to that, that, you know, you take baby steps, right? Uh, it's baby steps, but a real yoga class should look like a yard sale. <laughs> okay. It okay. should look like everybody's in their own place, in their own space for their body. But that whole frustration, that's where you're letting your mind get in the way. And that's where... Your teacher, you know, your teacher shouldn't manipulate your experience, but that's one of those things that you can biohack your body. Mm. You can do that horse's breath. You can shake out your body. Like just how, if you imagine a three-year-old has a fit and they just, ah, and then they're mm-hmm. shaking and then they stand up and you're like, are you okay? And they're like, ah, yeah. Like that, that's a reset to your nervous system that works. And so if you're having that problem, I tell people, I'm like, jump up and down a little bit on your mat. Do something. Do a little horse's breath. Get your voice out. Go, Mm -hmm. like sound like some kind of, you know, 
somebody Whatever. lifting weights in the right. gym, like <laughs> hear your voice and then turn around the other direction and you will do some form of it. And people are like, that's bullshit. And I'm like, do it. And then they do it and they're like, you're a freak. I'm like, hmm, nope, it's you. It's you're, your brain. You're unlocking their brain. Yeah. I'm like, it's your brain. Yeah. Yeah. You're in your own way. That's actually, yeah, that's really cool. It's almost like taking a step away from it, you know? Well, yeah. cool. Well, thank you very much oh, for okay. doing this. We should do this again. Um, Definitely. I'll bring my papers. Do that. And, we can get uh, well, there's more the to it. I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to talk about, I think. Um, what else? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, how do people find you? Um, so, yeah, yeah. I'm super hidden online yeah. with my name. <laughs> I don't have Amanda Frame online. I, I got have. Okay. <laughs> I got the right one. So. I have Yogi Heart and Soul on Instagram. Okay. And on Facebook, you can find me, Amanda Frame, and Yogi Heart and Soul. Uh, you can go to Oxygen Fitness mm -hmm. and see. Uh, blurbs of my classes and go to their website to to see how to connect the yogi heart and soul is it the symbol for and or is it spelled it out? is spelled out it is? somebody had taken the ampersand really? which i have had as my uh little symbol for years i have t-shirts with it on it because it's not about me or you finding yourselves it's about finding the and the next step for us ah nice, nice. we gotta do it Thank you very much. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.